Hey everybody, Mason here from Captain's Log to talk to you about Bruch. Bruch is an electronic toothbrush that will change the way you think about brushing your teeth. With powerful sonic technology and ultra-gentle bristles, the Bruch redefines what it means to have super clean teeth. It's that feeling you get when you leave the dentist every single day. A fresh, whole mouth clean. Our listeners can get 15% off their total purchase when they use code POD15 at checkout. Follow the link in the show notes and enter the code POD15, that's P-O-D-1-5, to get your exclusive discount and upgrade your oral care routine. Captain's Log, the podcast devoted to discussions and insights into the supernatural, occult, and all-around strange happenings of our world. I think our goal there's someone in the house with us to entertain and disturb, perhaps like no one has before. I warn you, uh, this could scare you, as the sound bothers me to listen to. It has always haunted me. What you are about to hear is very disturbing indeed. Did you hear that? Star date 0427. 2021. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Captain's Log. This is your captain speaking, Jose Valle Jr., joined virtually by my trusted co-host and first officer, Mason Schrader. Mason, how are you on this fine, beautiful day? Actually, it's very cloudy here in Utah. I don't know how it is in Iowa. Um, It was sunny all day, and I had to be outside, and I think I'm already sunburnt. Oh, wow. You look pretty I... rosy. I, but God, then again, you you normally look rosy. Well, I'm very fair-skinned. I'm very, I just, God, yeah. I, I hate it. I hate, <laughs> I hate getting sunburned. It's my least favorite thing, and I always get sunburned every summer when I, I it's just, it's unavoidable. I hate but it. Besides that, though, everything's, it's everything's peachy, peachy. Already oh. tired of hot weather, weather, <laughs> weather. Well, we are back with another episode. In case you don't follow our social media, which you should, it's Captain's Log, uh, Captain's Log Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, we moved our schedule back because I actually went and I visited my cute little uh, co-host Mason Yay. in the state of Iowa. Um, it was me. It was Mason. It was Mason I all along. It. He did. It. He got me there. I had some time off work, and I was like, "Hey, babe, I'm coming." And um, he texted me, "You up? You up?" And when I said yes, he was in my room. With I me. was already there. He was already there. I talked to Cheyenne beforehand, and she scooted out of bed, and then I just crawled in with Mason. <laughs> um, but yeah, we, we got to work on a fun little collaboration, which with our friend Nick, uh, yes. who um, is great, and which will be coming out sometime in the future. Uh, yes, it was we... very fun. We will be, I will be releasing with Nick and then a certain special episode with Jose, our uh, Corn Fed Iowa podcast, which is a podcast all about reviewing different food. And in season one, we're going to try to find the best burger place in Iowa. And I'll give you more updates as we, as we film that, but we're doing that as a season. So it'll all kind of come out as one group instead of uh, weekly. Yeah, but it'll be fun. It was a blast to, to come on there and record with them. Yeah. Um, and uh, to hang out. Get and to burgers. lose my mind over Godzilla versus Kong. Mm. I just drank through the, I just drank myself through the talking parts and watched <laughs> the fighty parts. 
<laughs> well, we are continuing with part six of our sinister stories of the southeast portion of our Unsolved U.S. series. Uh, today, we will be taking a look at the two states of Alabama and Mississippi, uh, the state that gave me the most pain in the ass to write this episode because I was constantly like, is it M-I-S-S and then another set of S's? And you don't know, P-P- you didn't learn that in school? I did, but I every time M-I-S-S-I-S-S-I-P-P-I. we sang it, I was like... M-I-S-S-I-S-S-I-P-P-I. I was just like this. Hmm? Every time we sang it, I was like, what the fuck are they saying? Because I, I had just learned English, too. Oh. And like then now they were hammering me with Mississippi and I was like, what the fuck? How did is you going on? how did you feel about the Kansas, Arkansas? I thought thing. it was Arkansas for up? the longest Yeah, it fucked me up. Yeah. Until I, I got to like junior high yeah. and somebody was like, It's Arkansas. And I was like, Whoa. You know, it's funny how everyone pronounces it Kansas and Arkansas and never Arkansas and Kinsaw. Kinsaw. Mm-hmm. Kinsaw? Uh, um so, real quick, uh, I just wanted to let everyone know, if you haven't shopped our merch, uh, make sure you guys go do that. Uh, Tee Public is having a sale every week of April, so this is the last week to take advantage of that uh, and help yeah. support the show. Uh, they really want uh, you guys to know that, and um, we will be conducting a poll on there at some point about what kind of merchandise you guys would like to see. Uh, mm. But... Mason. And we may we may have some new merch coming too. Uh-oh. Maybe I don't know. I wouldn't Uh-oh. know anything about it. I'm Uh-oh. just a little secret. Did Mason just spill a little tea? Mm. That's cute. I like that. Mm. <laughs> Maybe some hand drawn. It's gonna be some hand drawn things, huh? We need to do. We need to do like the baby Brent. You know, from like Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, but like the little sardine mm. can. Yeah. But with your face on it. Oh, on I, I love body. how you call that the baby Brent and not that. Very famous suntan I, lotion that I did don't that. remember because I, I don't know. Mm. I only know it is that I'm a, I'm a well, little stupid baby. You boy. should have grown up in the white America <laughs> in the 50s. Yeah, that's my bad. That was your fault. Uh, well, Mason, will you start the mystery hog and let's ride? Put my helmet on, my goggles, my scarf, and I'm. We bought a sidecar, so now I'm in the little sidecar yes. while Mason drives. So long! And we're driving away. Having visited America's butthole, Florida, we now head northwest to the Yellowhammer state of Sweet Home, Alabama. What's the over-under until we start making um, incest jokes about this? these states? Um, this one. This is the one. This is the one, okay. This is the one, yeah. Great, cool. Um... We have covered plenty of Crybaby Bridge stories, and although this one strays from the formula, it should be added to the Pantheon. This bridge was originally built in 1930 and was declared to be in poor condition by 1992. Spooky. That was honestly, I'm going to go ahead and say this is a spooky one. A bridge that only lasted for 60 years? Spooky. Right? What's next? Um, uh, The scariest thing is Alabama's infrastructure. uh, Yeah. Some believe that there is a reason why this bridge decayed so harshly. In fact, there are two very popular legends that could explain it. The first legend takes place sometime in the 1950s, when allegedly a young couple perished while crossing the bridge. It is unknown what caused them to go off the side of the bridge and plummet into the Chocoloco Creek below, but what oh is my known, God, that stop. is such a fun name, right? Stop no, that's it. the actual creek's the name. The name of the river is a is chocolate cho- milk name? <laughs> Shut the fuck up. 
That is the Choco Taco, and I know I'm the, sure it's like a, a Native American name. <laughs> I don't want to shit on it too much, it but it sounds it's like fun. it sounds like the like the Mexican version of YooHoo. Yeah, Choco. You know what I mean? We do have yeah, yeah. yeah we call chocolate milk Choco Mil, which is like kind of yeah. close. Yeah, Choco Loco. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, it's like yeah, sponsored by Choco Loco, and then it does like a whole. It's got like a mascot. I don't yeah, know. yeah. It's like you know, but in poor taste. Mm. Mm. Well. I don't know if you've ever had chocolate milk. Mm. Doesn't taste that poor. <laughs> <laughs> it's rich, rich milk. <laughs> anyway, Captain's Log is brought to you by Chocoloco Milk. <laughs> Chocoloco. Um, but yeah. So what is known is what happened afterwards. It seems the young couple refused to move on, and now haunt said bridge. If you found yourself driving on the bridge late at night, parked your car, and turned off your headlights you would find yourself being joined by an unwanted passenger in your back seat. You might not even hear them enter or notice them. But afterwards, you would find a very noticeable wet spot as if someone had just climbed out of the river and into your car. All right, a few things. First off. Yeah. Obviously, you're not going to hear them enter. They're ghosts. They don't use doors. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's... Come right, come yeah, on. yeah, yeah. <laughs> also, that's not a wet spot. From the river. You pissed in the backseat. Yes. Of course, yeah, ghosts don't use doors. I mean, they can manipulate doors. We know that. They can open and slam and close and, and open and slam and close doors. But <laughs> but it's funny that a ghost is wet. Like, that's funny. I've never it is funny, encountered that. Like It's also, I love ghost stories where it's like, if you do this totally unnecessary and <laughs> yeah. out-of-the-way thing, You park on the, on the bridge, happen. you get out of your car, you do the hokey-pokey, you turn yes. yourself around. Get back in the car. Get back in the car. There's jerk one out. Yeah. Cry. Call your mom. Yes. Then the ghost will appear. Well, it's just, yeah, it's like, okay, well, that seems really easy to avoid the haunting. Yeah, it's, I could just drive across the bridge and I think it'd be fine. Except, yeah, Mason, yeah. this second uh, story aims to explain the moniker of Hell's Gate Bridge. As oh. many locals have reported, there are times when driving on the bridge that if you were to look back, you wouldn't see the entrance which you crossed, but rather the gates of hell. The scenery around would transform into a literal hellscape for a moment before you were returned to the mortal plane. Some have even gone as far as to try to make a connection between this story and the one of the young couple, with some speculating that the young couple experienced this and that was what led them to drive off the bridge. Oh, Susie? Yeah? Oh, I think we're in hell. I know. Because I'm oh. not Susie. It's oh. me. Little Caesar's demon? Yeah. <laughs> How'd you get here in my girlfriend's body? You never had a girlfriend. It was me the whole time. Oh. Hey, you're pretty good in the sack. That will give you that. Uh, uh, anyway, drive me to get some Little Caesars. Is that just off this bridge? Oh, yeah. Right off oh. to the side here. <laughs> oh, little Caesars okay. in hell. Okay, Mr. Demon. Little known fact, all Little Caesars actually are portals to hell. <laughs> You ever been the in their in, kitchen? The inside of a Little Caesars <laughs> is actually just hell. And the hell is entirely that's, that's exactly Little Caesars. That's what hell is, is. It's just the waiting room for Little Caesars. But when there's like a lot of people, but they don't have any chairs for you to wait in. So you're just kind of standing around. That's hell. The souls of hell are condemned to make pizza. That's why it's always yeah. hot and ready. 
Oh, that's good. Every lost soul, every every damned soul just makes pizza. 24 hours a day. 365. Pizza, no breaks. Pizza. Yeah. In 2007, the Oxford Paranormal Society conducted an investigation on the bridge. Okay, fuck it. This is not <laughs> Oxford. They just fucking were like, you know what's going to make us sound smart well, if we put the name Oxford well, in the, our... Well, the town is called Oxford, Alabama. Mm, oh, that's yeah, very... So, yeah, the, so it's the... It's a, we are the Oxford... Alabama... Society, paranormal Society. Oh, you guys are from Oxford? You guys are from Oxford, England? Mm, we're from Oxford... Yes. Like the Oxford? A Oxford? Hmm. Mm. I don't like this. I don't trust you guys. Mm. But also, I called you to investigate a bridge, so I don't give a fuck. Yeah. We're from the Oxford, yeah. Paranormal Society, and uh, you got yourself a ghost. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That's a haunted uh, bridge. It's pissing all hey, over the place. Hey, what do you reckon? What do you reckon on this on a on a scale of uh, on a on a scale of the uh, one to that time uh, my sister's uh, tire kept disappearing off her car? It's close. Mm. It's yeah. It's it's around it's around the time that that uh, somebody yeah. kept taking my left flip flop. Mm, yeah, and yeah, people yeah, thought yeah. it was just my dogs, but yeah, but it wasn't obviously. Yeah, it's closer yeah. to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say. Yeah, 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 yeah. You got yourself a ghost here. Yep. Anyway, that'll need, be six hundred uh... bucks. Well. <sighs> also, can you give us a ride back to the gas station? Thank we you hitchhiked for here. Hiring the Oxford Paranormal Society. Never forget those <laughs> guys. <laughs> well, anyway, in two thousand seven, the Oxford Paranormal Society they conducted an investigation on the bridge, but failed to find anything conclusive. <laughs> But that hasn't stopped the legends from persisting. If you choose to visit this bridge, uh, which we don't recommend uh, that you try to walk across it or even really visit it, because it's literally falling apart. Yeah, it's not because you're. It's not because it's a portal to hell. It's because it's, it's just because fall, you it'll could send fall you to into hell a river because you'll fall and die. I mean, and if you're it a bad look person, that high. it looks like that's like a, the scariest well, the river's, thing. Is, the river's. Pre- I think it'll it'll carry you. Oh, that's so scary. Is falling into a river and then having to get out of the river but not just dying on impact. You know what yeah. I mean? That's terrifying. That's fucking scarier than anything yeah. we've ever covered. If on I fall goddamn. into a river, I hope I just die. We immediately, right? Yeah. I don't want to drown. Ugh. I don't no. want to be like, <gasps> and then just yeah. get washed down. Especially and... in a car. I get uh, so I get so nervous when I drive over bridges because I just like yeah, fuck it, one yeah it's just like what if just a hole opens up right just fall, what if a hole just when, falls I'm in a car I gotta get out of my car mm-hmm. I got all my stuff <laughs> Ugh. Ugh. yeah that's why I always wear swimming trunks wow that's mm-hmm. why yes okay well that makes sense now okay because I just thought it was like a weird thing that you did no that it was like a sex no thing, it's a to- it's a totally normal thing that I did. <laughs> In case a bridge collapses. No, I get that now. Yeah, yeah. That's valid. Mm-hmm. But what do you think, Mason? Spooky or kooky? I'm going to say... Hell's Gate Bridge. I'm going to say kooky just because of... I mean, don't get me wrong. I want an entire documentary series on the Oxford Paranormal Society. <laughs> but yeah. I'm guessing most of them come out inconclusive with them being like... Yeah, I don't know what the hell's going on here. Let's move on to the next one. Spooky shit. Mm. Um, Anything I... we can prove? <laughs> Nah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's pack it up then. Just them shooting fucking revolvers at ghosts. Just pew, pew, pew. Ghost guns. That's where these blam, are. Blam, 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 <laughs> blam, blam, blam. <laughs> I think that ghost is dead. 
There's fucking something yeah, of creaks course. upstairs. Da, 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 da. Of course the ghost is dead, you moron. All ghosts are dead. Now, not like that. I mean, <laughs> I mean that I like killed dead, it. Dead, dead. Like, it's, it's moved on to the other ghost. Like, it's haunting ghosts now. Basically. Here at the Oxford, Alabama Paranormal Society, we have a priest bless every bullet that we fire from these guns. Yes, Father, Son, Amen. All right, next one. All Father, right, Son, yeah. Amen. All right. Father, Son, Amen. Okay. Oh, could you do... I'm sorry. Could you just do... It? This is, I know. Look, listen. It's just a little 22, but honestly, it's my kids. He's going to go ghost hunting with us for the yeah, first yeah, time. Yeah, for could sure. You mind? Father, Son, Amen. All right. All right. Thank all you. right, boys. Y'all have a good one. Yeah, thank you, Father, yeah, for I gotta all get your back work. To- um, so, uh, I think it's kooky, but I think, um, you know, in the pantheon of crybaby bridges, it's a little more fun. Cause it's not just the same one where it's like a lady threw her baby. Now she comes and she's like, wah, like this I one's really like, thought you were going to have an entire rap planned out for that. <laughs> a lady, like threw, a lady a threw a baby, <laughs> but it's, um, I like the hellscape thing. Like imagine do, driving, is imagine driving cool across be, the bridge, yes. you like pick something up. Like you're putting chapstick on or something, and you look, and it's you're just in hell, and you're like, "Oh no, did I take a wrong turn?" Right, and oh, the bridge fuck. is just short enough. You've got enough yeah. time to be like, "What the fuck?" And then you're just out of it. Yeah, and you're, and like, you're like, "Whoa!" No, just, like you're like putting the car in reverse and just being like, "Zoom," drive it, and then just yeah, like, oh, what, huh? hmm, just like driving, and then it's like you're. You know, when you're in the normal part, it's just birds chirping, and you back up, and it's like screams of the damned. (laughs) (laughs) Like a bird flies through. Like, you can see the bird fly through, turn into like a a pterodactyl. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. there you go. (laughs) That's fun. That is fun, yeah. But but it's a shit. Shit legends, though. Yes. Um, yes. Okay, so stories of boogeymen and ghostly specters that will torment and kidnap children... Uh, who are out too late or who, or who disobey their parents are nothing new. Latinos have La Llorona, or as we talked about in our New Mexico episode, La Mala Hora. These ghouls serve as a tool for parents and as a reminder to us that maybe our parents weren't the best at parenting. Uh, the traumatization tactics uh, being a key giveaway. I love how, I just love how every generation, every every generation of parents mm. is just like, like, you know, like, not not our parents, but our parents' parents yeah. were just like, well, we didn't beat the shit out of you within yeah. an inch of your life, so we did great. And, you yeah. know, their parents were like, well, you didn't have to work at a mine when you were eight, so we did great. Right, and yeah. that just, it's slowly right, every yeah. time is a step, like, and now we're just finally get to the point where, like, yeah, I mean, we never hit you, but... Uh, and then when we're parents, we're going to be like, listen, we're not even twisting your head into making you feel <laughs> a, a terrible mental illnesses. Right, yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, I I just like I just like the idea of like being like, nah. I mean, I was good to you. I mean, yeah, for like you know, like a couple of years, you wet the bed because you were so scared of this legend that I pushed on you yeah. and terrified you. But yeah. besides that, I get it. I pushed you into I pushed you into anxiety by expecting you to be a gifted <laughs> by expecting you to be a lawyer when you were ten. Look, all but- I'm saying is because of the fucking Yorona, I cannot walk to my car at night normally. I always have to mm-hmm. be like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And just mm-hmm. you know, well, we're sorry you feel that way. <laughs> yeah, as the you know, that's you yeah, have a parent apology. Yeah. I hope my mom listens to this. Now you, mom, you guys didn't do this. I did. This is a generalization. That's not I what you were. That's not what you were saying before the show, Mason. Jose, that's untrue. Don't you slander <laughs> me in front of my mother. She's a wonderful person. Yeah, we we love Mason's mom. Shout out to Mason's happy, mom. Happy Mother's Day, mom. Happy it's Mother's almost, Day. It's almost, it's almost Mother's, Mother's Day. Day. Yeah. Well, thanks in, for saying what I said. Yeah. 
Well, in Abbeville, Alabama, there is a similar legend with the much more colorful name of Hug and Molly. Yeah, that's great. Hug and Molly is described as a seven-foot-tall woman dressed in a black cloak and white around as a cotton bale. Oh. Yeah. Oh, my. <laughs> Hug and Molly's a big gal. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Hug and Molly is well known to the citizens of Abbeville, with most of the older generation having an encounter or knowing someone who did. Most stories of Hug and Molly begin with the same few lines. On a cold, dark, rainy night, so bitterly cold and damp, when even the streets won't burn and the striking of a match refuses to yield the tiniest flame, on nights like this, Hugging Molly comes out of her lair and roams the street of Abbeville to see who she can find. Oh, I hey, like- y'all. Oh, hey. my God, it's out. It's Hugging Molly. Got- Bring it in here, sugar. Come hey, on. Hey, Hugging Molly, how y'all doing? Ah, I'm good. How are you? I like to think she was just a really fun lady that was like like a like a waitress or something or like a yeah. bartender or something. Mm-hmm. And then but but the kids were just scared of her. I just wanna hug those children. Well, Ab well so Molly Molly, you're as big as a cotton bale. The fucking terrified. You're seven feet tall, you're I, as big as a cotton bale. Will you hug me? I don't I didn't Oh, oh, I, no, no. Oh, God. Now you did. Uh, now you did. Now you did. I smothered you. <laughs> Big old breasts. Uh, hugging Molly strikes again. <laughs> um, I like, though, that in the description of that, that the story, how they all begin, they just repeat themselves because it says, on a cold, dark, oh, yes. rainy night, so bitterly cold and damp. All right. We, we got it. It's cold. <laughs> I don't think you understand how cold and damp it is. It's, it's very so cold, cold and damp. It's so cold and damp, it's freezing and wet. Wow. <laughs> it's a freezing, wet, cold, damn night. Wow. It was said that if Molly caught you, she would hug you tight and scream in your ear, quite possibly oh, well, killing you in the process. Okay, well, I don't like the screaming, but other than that, it seems like a very nice ghost. It seems like a I ghost mean, listen, I'd want to run into. I'm really touch-deprived. I don't know. I'm dying? Hugged to death? Pretty yeah, high up there on a way to go, yeah. right? Yeah. One account given by Mac Gregory, who was born in 1909 and was the owner of Abbeville's Lawson Gregory Grocery Store, long name, uh, for over 60 years, describes this encounter with the strange phantom. When he was a teenager, he had been out delivering groceries for the store on a Saturday and was now heading home at dusk. As he made his way home, darkness descended on the town, and since there were no streetlights at the time on the side streets, he found that he could barely see the path ahead. That was when he heard footsteps behind him and realized that someone was seemingly following him home. When he turned around, he could see the vague outline of a tall, hooded being about ten yards behind him. The shape appeared to be keeping pace with him. The teenager, afraid to run because he believed the creature could easily close the distance between them, maintained a jog. He was now less than a city block away when he got close enough to see... His steps, he broke into a run and ripped the front door open, hiding behind the safety of his home. There appears to be no clear answer as to what exactly Huggin' Molly is. Some swear that Molly is the ghost of a woman who lost her children and never recovered and dealt with her pain by hugging children she could find on the streets. She now haunts those very same streets, continuing her habit in the afterlife. Others believe it's the ghost of a professor from the local college who wanders at night looking for their students out too late and encouraging them to go inside, 
wanting to protect them from any harm that may befall them. I that seems weird. That one seems weird. I don't right. know. Could you well, imagine it's... if Matt would like <laughs> if he caught us out? Side at like 10 p.m. and was like, "All right, guys, came get in home. A, come on, like, please!" Like wrapped us up in a hug and like waddled us to the to our nearest home and was I like, wouldn't "You like guys stay in here. I don't want you to be in danger." I don't think I would like him as much. <laughs> yeah, that'd be weird. We would. He would be weird, Matt, to us. I mean, weirder, Matt. We would call. Him. Oh, that's just old hugging Matt. Hugging well, Matt. He's, he's like a. He's lanky. He's like yeah, seven he's foot tall. tall. I yeah. think. Like he would just. Could you imagine <laughs> him hiding behind a door frame and like lunging out and scooping us both up in each arm and then like just picking us up oh, and walking man. us to a house? Uh, I don't like that at all. I don't like. To you guys that. stay here. Please stop doing this. No, you must be safe. I was just coming home from work. I was already on my way inside. Shh. You're I safe. Saved now. You. Hugging Matt away, and he just yeah, but runs the theory, off into the night. The theory was that um, there's some people who believe that also Hugging Molly was like a person, because so many people encountered them. That it was somebody dressing up uh, at night doing this, and so one of the theories was that it was one of the local college professors who was trying to keep his students from like getting into trouble, and so he would dress up as Hugging Molly to scare them to stay off the streets. Okay, and That's... now that he's dead, he's continuing it. Oh, um, yeah. but now he's murdering people? Now he's doing the opposite. No, he's not murdering them. He's still just oh. scaring people to go inside, basically, is is one of the theories. Honestly, I'd run, away from, a, I'd run away from a stranger trying to hug me. I'd run away from Matt trying to hug me. I just don't <laughs> want that. I don't think we've gotten to that point. <laughs> His fucking lanky-ass arms just scooping <laughs> us up. I fucking can't stop it. It's cracking up. We're okay. <laughs> it's just like, like one like wide like crab step. It's just... Uh, regardless of who or what Huggin' Molly is, the people of Abbeville have not and will not forget about her anytime soon. Her infamy lives on in the form of Huggin' Molly's, a restaurant in Abbeville named after the fabled specter. Uh, well, Mason, what do you think? Spooky or kooky? I think it's actually spooky, and what I like about it the most is it reminds me of, um, it almost reminds me oh, of Professor a Japanese... <laughs> No, but like you know, like like Japanese ghost stories, how yeah, they're always yeah. like a way. You know, like every Japanese ghost, it's like there's there's just, like the rules are there's like a way you can get out of it or whatever. You mm. know what I mean? It just reminds me of one of those things where it's like the like a, like a, the ghost that'll hug you unless you run away from it. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Whereas they're always it always is like sympathetic ghost that's like it lost its kid and now it tries to uh, save everybody, but it does, saves them by killing them. Yeah, I also like that she's uh, in black instead of white. Because this mm. way she blends into the night more easily. Well, you know actually, I mean? but if she wore white, though, they'd be like, oh, that's just a Klansman. <sighs> and move on. Yeah. They'd be like, oh, that's just the mayor, they'd say. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. To, the, to our fans in Alabama, this is we a joke. Get, we know that it's a generalization. We hope all of you aren't terrible. If you are one of the terrible people, stop listening. Yeah. Yeah, so I think it's uh, I think it's spooky for me. Did you say spooky or kooky? It's absolutely spooky. I just think it's a fun twist it's a on fun the stories, one. too. I want to go to Huggin' yeah. Molly's. It seems like a fun restaurant. We should add that to our I'll list. Add, one yeah, of these we'll, days, oh, we're going shit. on an American road trip. If we yes, ever get enough money, God, we're going on right? an American road trip, and we're going to do... We'll do little vignettes. We'll do little vignette episodes yeah, within them. Little from our, small from ones, our yeah. hotel room. And we'll do it on a motorcycle, Or we can do it on location. Just horrible quality where we're mm-hmm. we're talking, we're trying to read the story, and everybody's like, "Hey, you got a You know, because that's how conversation sounds in the background. Can and it's I like, do chicken? Can I do chicken and waffles? Yes. Yes. Okay. 
I just ordered chicken and waffles. Everyone got that, Mason. <laughs> yeah, it's, Mason, we, we heard it. Okay, moving along. Let's move along. this on. one on, yep. Mason, you've heard of spontaneous combustion, but uh-huh. have you ever heard of spontaneous disappearance? I haven't. Yeah, we're not talking about someone getting in their car or being caught on some security camera and then disappearing into the woodwork. I'm talking about one minute you're there and the next you're gone. Well, this is exactly what happened to Orion Williamson. The curious case of Orion Williamson begins in July of 1854 in Selma, Alabama. It was a beautiful Alabama day by all accounts. The sun was shining. There was not a cloud in sight. Ugh, who wants to be in Alabama when there's no shade? Oh, right? For sure. I that hate sucks. it. Dude, the perfect day is not a cloudless day. It's a day that has enough clouds that it's mostly mm-hmm. in the shade, and every or, once in a while the sun peeks out. Right, exactly. Yes. Yeah, yes. I'm fucking sick of these. <laughs> but, yeah, let's just move on. Orion and his wife and son relaxed on their front porch, watching over their horses grazing in the nearby field. Orion stood up and began walking toward the field to tell his workers to move the horses into some shade. As Mm. he walked, he came across a stick, picked it up, and continued swishing it across the knee-length grass as he went along. Now, when you say I don't know. Uh, When did I say? 1854? 1854? (sighs) Well, you know, it's very hairy on whether or not they were there working by their own accord or, you know... Armor Wren and his son were passing by in their buggy. They saw Orion and waved. Orion waved back, and then suddenly he disappeared right before everyone's <laughs> eyes, seemingly into thin air. Wren stopped the buggy and rushed to the spot where Orion had just been standing seconds ago. Mrs. Williamson soon joined him with her child, and they began scouring the area for any sign of Orion, all to no avail. So this motherfucker was like, Hey, how you doing? And then just... <laughs> Oh, hey, see you for Brit. Just gone. Just gone. Just gone. I also love that it's Orion Williamson and That's Armor f- Wren. Right, right. What are these fucking Star names? Wars. This is Star Wars. Actually. Oh, shit. Yeah. You're right. It is. Um, Let's see. Where was I? When the realization truly dawned on Mrs. Williamson of what had just happened, she fainted and was taken to a nearby hospital. She's just like searching and then all of a sudden she's like, oh, Lord, Wait my a husband. Um, As word spread of the strange event, nearly 300 people organized a search party to find the farmer. They searched until nightfall with no results. The next day, more people joined the search, and volunteers even went as far as to excavate part of the field, thinking that perhaps Orion had been swallowed up by the earth into an underground cavern or something of the like. But all they found was solid, rock-filled ground. Eventually, everyone gave up, and Orion Williamson was never seen again. As time passed, news of the disappearance traveled, and investigators and journalists from all over came to the farmhouse. Ambrose Bierce one of, was one of those journalists. Bierce would, of course, as we mentioned in our Roanoke episode, would go on to mysteriously disappear himself. Interesting. Interestingly enough, uh, in the spot where Orion had stood, the grass seemed to have dried up and died in the shape of a perfect circle. Mrs. Williamson and her child told folks that they would hear the voice of Orion coming from the spot on some occasions. They said it eventually got quieter and quieter until they finally could hear him no more. Investigators developed theories. Uh, German scientist Maximilian Hearn, author of the book Disappearance and Theory Thereof, speculated that Orion walked into a spot of universal ether. 
He believed these places lasted for a few seconds and could completely destroy all matter within them. The universal ether was first uh, theorized by Aristotle during ancient Greek times, and others speculated that perhaps a magnetic field transported the man to another dimension, regardless of whether or not the theory proposed could be possible to uh, it could even the theories proposed could even be possible. Uh, to this day, two questions remain: Whatever happened to Orion Williamson and Mason? Do you think this is spooky or kooky? So I will point mm. out, this one is a disputed case because it's one of those things where it was like well known in the 1800s, but historical fact. Who knows? You know what I mean? It's iffy on the details as if this actually happened, as if there actually wasn't a Ryan Williamson. But it was written mm-hmm. enough at that time that people consider it true. But again, there's not that concrete evidence of whether or not this man existed and even disappeared. I mean... you it's I uh, think it's spooky. Is, I think it's more it's spooky. Because it I is. just... It, it's one uh, disappearances already frighten me. Like people just like you know what I mean. Like people being like, not like not telling their family, and then they're caught on a security camera and uh, like mm. at a gas station like yeah. three hundred miles away, and then they just vanish. That shit. I shouldn't me. even. That's I shouldn't even me. say this. This is gonna blow up my spot, but I do have. If I ever get like, you know, if I'm ever told like you have a week to live, I'm not gonna uh. tell anybody, right? I'm just gonna do one of those things where I'm like. Mm-hmm. You know, one day I'm just gonna like sprint off into the. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they're gonna like see me like walk into my apartment like everything's normal, and like 30 seconds later I'm gonna like sprint down the <laughs> stairs and like sprint into my car and just fucking drive off, and they're just like uh-huh. gonna see me drive out of town and just be like, you know what I mean? I'm gonna like leave right, my phone yeah. somewhere weird with Ro- like location on, right? But I'm gonna Croatoan. take like my watch. Yeah. And yeah, I'm gonna just do. You know what I mean? I just want to yeah. like like stage like this crazy crazy disappearance. Yeah, yeah. I just think just for funsies and then people, you know, and then my for family funsies members and then are, your family's like fucking like, suffering. Like, why couldn't we get closure? What happened? Yeah. I know, but I'm just like, oh, it's cool, though. <laughs> you say. Yeah, you'll be like, it was a fun mystery, though. I'll be like, money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, yeah, I think it's spooky because yeah, that cause already you know frightens the, me. F- the people who are friends with people who disappear are always rich. <laughs> well, I could, I'm going to make a fucking book about it. You think I'm not? You think I'm not going to do the thing that, uh. Uh, what the fuck is his name? The guy who wrote Into the Wild did John Crowker mm, and yeah. and be like, Chris, my candleless life was tragic. Anyway, mm-hmm. here's a book I wrote. Fucking buy it. Yeah, of course uh, I'm gonna uh, do that. <laughs> yeah, um, fair enough. But also, it's gonna the book has to end with like, you know, it's I want it like 300, 400, maybe even five hundred pages. Wow, okay. of like really crazy shit. And then at the end, it's like hundred pages. The mystery that. still remains about what happened to Mason, my friend Mason Trader. Could it have been this? Could it have been this, or could it possibly have anything to do with the time he once told me on a podcast <laughs> he was going to do this exact same thing? The yeah. mystery remains. And then everyone's yeah. just like, wait, what the fuck? Yeah. But regardless, do you guys kind think of, it's spooky or kooky? Yeah, kind of like what you do on this podcast where right. I'm like, oh, dude, that was really interesting. And then you're like, well, it's funny you say that because it's all fake. Yeah. And then I'm just like, this book was co-authored by Mason Schrader. He's alive, guys. Uh, yes. He's just been hiding <laughs> in my place. <laughs> anyway, yes. Um, um, no, no, I, I think, think it was spo- kind of spooky, yeah. too, because I like the idea of that he just like, right. walked well, into that's a thing. What I'm saying. And then, like, like, you know, yeah. the, the universe opened up a teleportation just, pussy, and then he was just like, <laughs> and gone. And it's just like, Well, that's uh. what I'm saying. It's like, it's fun uh, to think, like, those dis- normal disappearances already scare me. But the idea mm-hmm. of, like, just vanishing, like, into thin air, like, I'm like, it was, whoa. It was also the 1850s, so I assume a giant bird just picked him up and decayed him. Right, yeah. You know what I but, mean? They just, I, like, looked away, like, the, the red kid looked away one moment and then looked back, and it was like, ah, 
<laughs> it just like yeah. swooped him, and then he was like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, yeah. Um, I didn't have the heart to tell Mrs. Williamson a giant bird ate your husband. I I do like the the, the theories though of like a unit like it being like he got transported to an, another dimension. Like I like him just mm. being like, "Hey neighbor," and then the next he's like in some hell world, and he's like. Oh god. Yeah, there's like it's like a, like a Cthulhu like yeah. you know like everything's like a tentacle monster and he's in the middle of like a neighbor oh. and it just like waves a tentacle at him yeah. and moves on its day and then he's, he's just still like, hmm. Well, this ain't Selma, Alabama. He's still living this like ain't a home. normal yeah. like a normal he becomes, life. He becomes a farmer in this like Cth- like this HB Lovecraft world. Hey Glork Blork. Oh. Hey, don't forget you're coming over for dinner tomorrow night. Oh, sweetie, I love you. You're the lad of my life. He's got a a Cthulhu family now. He's got a Cthulhu monster family. They just look Uh, exactly like his normal one, but like they've got overalls. Oh, man, that's great. We need to make this movie. The Orion Williamson story. This is Orion Glork Black Jr. (laughs) But yeah, I I think it's very spooky. Yeah, and then I'm also imagining at one point he gets teleported back, and he's immediately like, "No, my no! family," you know what I mean? Yeah, his like wife is there, and she's like, "Oh, Ryan, I'm so happy to see you." And he's like, "I built a life. You built a life with us too. You'll you never mean. love me like Glarblickle did." Oh man, well yeah, so it's spooky then. Yeah, yeah. spooky. Well, well, actually, it's kind of cute now that I think about it. Well, like now that. it's actually very heartfelt. Mm. Yeah. Uh, well, we now head west, Mason, to the Magnolia State, Mississippi. Okay. <laughs> Beware when driving on Nash Road in Columbus, Mississippi, for there be a ghoul that haunts that stretch of road. A ghoul with three legs. But it's a lady <laughs> ghoul, so it's not oh. that kind of third leg. Uh, according to legends, drivers should stop on the road, turn off their headlights, and honk the horn three times. You know, sure, standard ghost summoning procedure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. After this, the three-legged lady will knock on the roof and race the driver to the end of the road, trying to <laughs> run him off the road the entire time, hitting the car as she goes along. What is she? Did she weigh as much as a car? Because I just yeah, it's that extra leg. You know how, like, if you have two legs, you're a normal weighing human. If you have three legs, you now weigh the same as a car. I I hate that you've made me picture this woman <laughs> with, with, she's wearing a dress and, and Timberland boots. She has three legs and they are just shredded. Yeah, because she's they running all the time. the strongest <laughs> legs you have ever seen in your entire life. And Her she's, ca- like, she green fucking... for some reason. <laughs> She's, you know, she's doing that thing that buff guys do where they put like the thing on their bicep and then they squish it like the egg yes but she's doing that with her fucking like the back of her knee. and it's like a watermelon and it's a watermelon and she's, and she's just, just like, like you see her and she's <laughs> like constantly doing like squats you yeah. know what i mean oh now see now i'm just picturing the rock playing her the rock but he's got a third leg and he's just yeah, but in a he's wing. like but i imagine but the upper green. body's like tiny you know what i mean okay it's so just the legs are huge <laughs> but like the upper body's just like a normal shaped person the Rock's legs, three of the Rock's legs, on Catherine Even O'Hara. bigger, though, you know what I mean? <laughs> Catherine O'Hara, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Catherine O'Hara is definitely the top part, but I don't, I'm just trying to imagine who's um, got, like, um, who's got the beefy, I mean, the thickest. Some soccer player, right? Like, it's the gotta be, like, beefiest, a, like, or a like rugby a, player? Like a bodybuilder, yeah, or a rugby yeah. player, and she's just like, hello. 
And it's just like, I'm sorry, what? Where is my bebe? Do you want to race now? (laughs) Like, I guess. Uh, Sure. And she's just like, fucking blam, blam, like slamming up against the car. And you're like, oh my God. Your car's like, (laughs) oh shit. Well, anyway, yeah. So it's bad enough being chased. Now imagine being chased by a ghostly figure with a rotting third limb seemingly sewed on her body. Oh, well, that kind of blows my theory. (laughs) There are many possible explanations as to just how this lady ended up with three limbs. The first paints the whole ordeal as a wicked love story. You see, the lady of Nash Road had fallen in love with a Union soldier. The only problem? She was married. When her husband found out about the affair, he found the soldier and killed him. He dragged his body to a nearby bridge to dump it. As he was doing it, one of the legs came off. Just, you know, how, like, when you kill someone, their body just becomes, like, Lego parts. And they just, He's like, just, like, holding it by the ankle, like, yeah. ugh. Ah, ugh. Like, ugh. dropping it, like, wiping oh, it fuck. off. Oh, fuck. Ew, 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 ew. Gross. Uh, the woman found it, and in her despair, sewed it on her body. In an effort to keep a part of her lover with her. She then went mad. As you do when you sew oh, a dismembered limb onto your body. She didn't go mad until after sewing yeah, yeah. the dismembered leg onto her body. She, she was, was completely like, sane the entire time. As soon as, and then as soon as she like ties that like last knot, she's just like, <laughs> you know what I mean? She's just like, <laughs> she's mm-hmm. such, she does the fucking yep. Joker mm-hmm. laugh. Ah, yeah. Ah. <laughs> and then she killed the farmer before killing herself. The other story portrays a lady as a mother whose daughter was kidnapped by local Satanists. The police searched for her, but with no avail. Eventually, she was found in pieces. Well, actually, all that was found was her leg. And in her grief and shock, the mother stole her daughter's dismembered limb and sewed it on herself. She now haunts the stretch of road, attacking those who summon her as retaliation for what the Satanists did to her daughter, and all the while still searching for the rest of her. So, Mason, what do you think? Spooky or kooky? The third explanation is she just has a massive dick and everybody thinks it's a leg. <laughs> I just can't get over the leg. What, what kind of... What, sho- what shoes are you wearing? They're size 11 Timbalans. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I, I don't even... I don't know. I mean, I guess I'm going to give it points for not being a normal ghost right. story. I think it's better I than like donkey, the donkey a... face road or whatever was the lady, mm. but she had a donkey face. <laughs> Do you remember mm. that? Yeah, I don't know. I guess it's spooky. I don't know. It's kind of weird. I kind of was thinking it was like a fun third leg, like a, like a mutant, but then she's <laughs> no, just she like, just, I sewed a dead, I leg, sewed on a dead leg on me. Where do you think it is? Well, that's the question. I saw some illustrations where it was like literally like leg, 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 kind of like down the middle, like in the like middle. She's, like she, she sewed, sewed it to her it. pussy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was gonna say, um, or another one. I, uh, I, uh, the like way I imagine it was hip, like off, like her off hip? your thigh. Yeah, yeah. So just a leg, like. But then it's like that seems like I or would, in the I middle would, of her chest. I would sew it just above my ass crack, like a tail. <laughs> so, but then the like, so the leg bent. You, you know what I mean? And do like a like a weird. <gasps> oh, that's true. Walk. Yeah. yeah, you could like fall back on it and like. <laughs> oh, that's scary. Okay, actually, mm-hmm. this is spooky. Because the that or just like the combinations yeah. are scary, regardless. That or if if it worked, I would like it on my chest. So then I can, if I'm in a fight, I can like kick, Oof. I can like uppercut kick somebody with my <laughs> chest leg. Oh, uh, you'd be great at soccer, because it's not hands. Technically, it's not a handball. That's uh, true. Yeah, it's a leg. Well, you know, you know, if I had to play soccer, you know what I'd do? 
cut off my feet, cut off my hands, switch them. Doesn't matter. Doesn't, Doesn't matter which one they allow me to use. I still get an advantage. Right. I have to use my hand feet. I can grab the ball with my hand thumbs. I, I I have to use my upper things. I can swing them like clubs. Either way, I win. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I'm writing, so, a, I'm writing a self-help book about how to be good at things. Mm. That's just a little excerpt of if I were good at that. It's called if I were good at, and then every chapter is like right. if I were good at soccer. Here's how I do it. Yeah. Yeah, okay, all right. Mm-hmm. Uh, you should check it out. It's called If I Were Good At by Mason Schrader. <laughs> so spooky, then. If I were good at podcasting, I'd stop talking about this. <laughs> it's spooky. Let's it's move spooky. on. Yeah. Mason, we are in the middle of a fucking pandemic, and it has been tough to say the least, right? Fake, fake news. Oh, boy. I'm just kidding. Yeah, it's tough. It really soured me on pandemics and epidemics <laughs> in general, but at least it wasn't mercritus. The horny and angry pandemic that struck a town in Mississippi and was subsequently covered up by the government. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This is a timely oh, legend. Oh, man. Yeah. I yeah. am excited yeah. for this one. The this... horny and angry pandemic. Yeah. This is an explanation of what the disease is. Also, uh, I'm going to go ahead and say Mercitis already right now. Good name for a goat. Yeah, there you go. Mercitis. Hor- it's horny and angry. <laughs> yeah, there. Yeah. Yeah. Mercritus' condition typically leads its victim down a road of trouble into a life of alienation interspread with moments of great violence. Mercritus affects less than 1 in 10 million of the general population. It strikes males of any age and is only contracted, as far as we know, from the oral consumption of mass amounts of certain types of paint. This is not a joke legend either. Like real. people genuinely believe this legend. You know what I mean? Like it's not it wasn't made as a joke legend. Like okay, but how okay, already right now. Mm-hmm. How real is Mercitus? Oh, not at not very. Not at oh, all. Oh, damn Almost it. I thought this was like, I already thought I was no. like what the fuck? This is a real thing. This is not real. Damn One it. of the reasons Mercritus is rare is that pain consumption leads to massive organ failure and many who may have a, a grim chance of developing the rare disease die before MC manifests. The prevailing theory holds that the victim's skin, fed by secretions resonant in the liver and kidneys, releases a mild odor that has an effect on women. Haruki Ryu, formerly of the Yokohama Crier, uh, Crier, a crier, nice. Crier. You got a little too into the I Japanese got too there, into the Japanese you? there, yeah. Uh, and the only author of a book on the subject, loosely translated, Macritus <laughs> I Run, 1968, Shiunai Press Limited. Said what a in the phone language. interview. Yeah, right? You know, you're writing a whole thing about a fake disease and you're like, Mucritus, I run. Yeah. <laughs> Said in a phone interview, the scent seems to affect all women on a hormonal level that appears to alter them emotionally. Irritability and hostility tend to inhabit the milder range of reactivity. That pretty women are so hyperactivated by victims of MC has brought us to speculate on a possible relationship between hormonal activity and beauty. Hyperactivated reactions are called MAR, Mercritus Activated Rage. Um, <laughs> Let me, okay, so if I were to eat a, sp- a bunch of a certain type of paint, right? I would start being, I would, I would start emitting a smell. Yes. A hormone or a smell? Like a, like a physical smell or just like yeah. something that like you pick up? On? I don't know. It's very, okay. yeah. Sure. Fine. 
and the more attractive a woman is, the more she's going to be driven crazy <laughs> yes. by that smell? Yes. Okay, I I guess. Why a woman with no history or pattern of violence would react so strongly to a man with MC has not been adequately studied. In a way, we are all guessing, but in defense of my book, I operate from an educated guess. End quote. It is thought to have originated in Europe, where a local man was chased by a group of women through a seaside village. In a he desperate was probably attempt, just a rapist. Yeah. In a desperate attempt to evade them, he jumped into the freezing waters. The women followed, and according to reports, all of them drowned. By the 1950s, this disease had made its way to a small town in Mississippi where it almost destroyed the population. The government couldn't find a cure or explanation for the disease, so they sought to cover the whole thing up. But strangely, it seems that the disease either became rare or vanished, as no cases are reported <laughs> to this day, or perhaps... The government is still covering it all up. Mason, what do you think of Mercritus? Spooky or kooky? Okay, so does it make like what? Does it make does it make people horny? Is that well? A it thing? seems like it makes women it just so like horny it, that they're angry. You know it what just I mean? Seems like it puts them into hysterics. No, I don't know what that means. I don't know if I've ever known a single person that's been like. We haven't. Lived. You know what I, I guess? You incels? haven't lived like me. <laughs> yeah. Incels. Oh no! Oh no! That's not what I meant. Um, <laughs> um. Okay. No, I, I think guess it's, I get it's, what it's you, more. Yeah. It's more of a hysterical fit. I horny okay. was more my interpretation, but it is more of a hysterical fit where like a man walks by who has this, and then women are like angry. We have to kill. You know. This seems like the type of thing that like doctors in the 1800s made up because like women didn't like being treated like second class. Like citizens. second class citizens. Yeah. So well, you know the, what I mean. It's like yeah. the guys, the mayor in town is just like, I don't understand why all these women hate me. All I do is grab their ass constantly and tell, tell them that they're <laughs> yeah. objects. Yeah. And the doctor's like, hmm, hmm. interesting. Have you been Have you been doing anything strange lately? Well, I've been eating all this lead paint. Ah, yes, yes. See what you've <laughs> also, done. Also, I like that. That's how it's activated. Like yeah. people mm-hmm. were just eating. Yes. See, I can explain it here in this chart. Is what happens is. When you eat the stank, scientifically right. speaking, you get a stanky asshole. Oh. Now, this stanky asshole actually emits a smell that just, it drives women who, you know, are closer to animals than us men insane. Right. You know, like, when you spray, like, uh, like deer piss on something and it attracts right. deer? It's just like that. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, that makes sense, doctor. Thank and you. you can, and you can trust me, I went to medical school... At Oxford. Oxford, Alabama? What? Certainly it was... Okay, so I I have a cousin... open wound in my head? How do I I fix this? My cousin has an ox that we have named Oxford. He taught me everything I knew about medical knowledge. Now let this bird peck at your cut. (laughs) Yes. Uh, no, I'm going to say that's, I don't know. It's kooky. I, it's I funny. think it's kooky. It's funny. But I also think this was, like you said, it was definitely something. It's it's uh, it's all hooey, by the way. There, this is not a real thing. Yeah. Um, but I think it was definitely made by people, this legend was made by people who were like, they were like, why are women always mad at me? It's like, yeah. you're an asshole. Um, but No, it's definitely because I have all that paint I'm eating. It's just like, yeah. <laughs> scooping paint into his mouth. Um, no, yeah, I think it's kooky, and I think whoever made up this legend is a fucking incel. Yeah, right? <laughs> Some I think proud so boy-esque motherfucker who's like, no, the reason girls don't like me is because suffer- I'm suffering from a crisis. Okay, so I'm very giddy about this next one, uh, because 
It has always been a favorite of mine. It actually inspired a, a whole uh, short film that I wrote called uh, Stranger at the Crossroads, which you can all check out on my channel. Uh, this is the legend of Robert Johnson and his deal with the devil. I went to the crossroads and fell on my knees. Asked the Lord above me, have mercy now, save poor Bob if you please. No. Fuck off, Bob. You fucking suck, Bob. Aww. It was 1930 in Robinsonville, Mississippi, and a 19-year-old Robert Johnson, an aspiring blues singer, was at a juke joint where Delta Blues legends Sunhouse and Willie Brown were playing to a packed house. At some point, Robert dared to pick up one of the musician's guitars and began playing for the crowd, but they weren't having it. They went to Sunhouse and told him to stop the young man from playing. He was thrown out by the owners, and that would be the last time anyone heard of Johnson for a whole year. Is one that night. That, is that that uncommon in the 1930s, though? What? I guess if you live in a small town in Mississippi, it's weird to just be disappear for a year, though. Yeah, yeah. Um, it feels I like guess. it'd be really easy. I'd just be like, oh, I was one town over. <laughs> and they're like, oh. <laughs> oh okay. that, makes, that makes a lot of yeah. sense, actually, yeah. Um, and that would be the last time anyone heard of Johnson for a whole year. One night, while House and Brown were playing another gig in Banks, Mississippi, Robert Johnson walked in with a guitar case on his back. Boy, now where are you going with that thing? House asked Johnson. To annoy somebody to death again? But something had changed. Johnson took out his instrument, a regular six-string guitar fitted with an extra seventh string, something that neither Brown or House had seen before. Johnson had seemingly acquired an ungodly degree of skill and unusual technique, strumming the chords in a series of rapid-fire strokes that made it seem like a piano with three hands playing it. How was it possible that this kid who had been nothing but a lousy, noisy wannabe a year ago was now commanding the attention of the entire joint? It's simple. Robert Johnson had gone down to the crossroads and made a deal with old Mephistopheles himself. The following comes from a vision that bluesman Henry Goodman had. So this is so Robert Johnson, real musician, right? This yes. is a this is an urban legend about him. And this 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 next part comes from a fellow blues singer, Henry Goodman, who was like, I had a, I had a vision of what had gone down that night. And you so. know too this is true because it's impossible that Robert Johnson um, a was just really nervous at his first gig and made a lot of mistakes, yeah. and then spent an entire year traveling around Mississippi right. practicing, and then came back and was good. Right, yeah, that's impossible. So no, it yeah, has that to is be. this one has, right? to, it has be to be the, 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 the truth. Yeah, yeah. Actually, his family is like they hate this because the mm. I think his grandson's just like he just went and practiced. Like, why does yeah. everybody have to no, be right. like he I made a deal with the devil? Well, again, it's like I bet he it's wasn't still even fun, that. Though. I bet he wasn't even like. I bet he was probably good when he did that first gig mm -hmm. it's just that thing where you get like he probably yeah, got really yeah. nervous yeah. and made a bunch of mistakes and then he got better and practiced and then yeah. he was really good a really good musician robert johnson had been playing in yazoo city and was trying to get up to helena his ride had let him next to the levee he walked up the road with his guitar on his shoulder thinking about what sun house had told him when he was booed off stage put that guitar down boy you're driving people nuts robert johnson needed two things right now a woman and a whiskey don't we all God, isn't that just what we all need? Well, not all of us, but me. I don't even like whiskey. Um, Give me a recovering rum alcoholics and nah, they gay men. You they guys, oh, we're no. not the gay men. They're fine. 
Well, or the recovering alcoholics. Nah, Why nah, are you nah, so they... anti-recovering <laughs> from addiction, Jose? Fuck, nah, that. fuck that. <laughs> fuck that. Get back on it. As he walked on, he noticed a sickly, mad, howling dog in the ditch next to the road. It howled and moaned, sending chills up Johnson's spine. He was coming up on some crossroads just south of Rosedale. Despair and, de- and depression crept into Johnson's mind when from the darkness a voice spoke belonging to a man sitting against a tree. So I I'll I'll do I'll do the uh, the voice of uh, El Diablo if you want to do the voice of Johnson. Um yes, <clears throat> that sounds good. You're late, Robert Johnson. Johnson dropped to his knees, immediately aware of whose presence he was in. M- maybe not. The man stands straight and walks over to the middle of the crossroads. He's tall, barrel-chested, and black as the night. He says, "Stand up, Robert Johnson." You want to throw that guitar over there in that ditch with that hairless dog and go back up to Robinsonville and play the hop with Willie Brown and son? Because you're just another guitar player like all the rest. Or you want to play that guitar like nobody ever played it before. Make a sound nobody ever heard before. You want to be the king of the Delta Blues and have all the whiskey and women you want? <laughs> That's a lot of whiskey and women, devil man. I know you, Robert Johnson, says the man. The dog continues to howl and moan. The sound penetrates Johnson's body and makes him shudder. Robert Johnson says, That, uh, that dog's gone mad. The man laughs. <laughs> the hound belonged to me. He ain't mad, he's got the blues. I got his soul in my hand. The dog lets well, out aw. a... Aw, let it go. Aw, you've got a dog, though? Aw, that's cute. Well, every, What's I his like name? to think that every, dog dog? Soul, every dog's soul is in, the, is in the hands of the owner. I got Zuko's soul right here. I, I couldn't. I tried that's to your get... testicles. You oh. just showed me your testicles. Fuck. I really wish you hadn't. <laughs> I got them. The dog lets out a low, long, soulful moan. A howling like never heard before. Rhythmic, syncopated grunts. Yelps and barks, seizing Robert Johnson like a grand maul, and causing the strings on his guitar to vibrate, hum, and sing with a sound dark and blue. Beautiful, soulful chords and notes possessing Robert Johnson, taking him over, spinning him round, losing him inside of his own self, wasting him, lifting him up into the sky. Robert Johnson looks over in the ditch and sees the eyes of the dog reflecting the bright moonlight, or more likely, so it seems to Robert Johnson, glowing on their own. A deep violet penetrating glow, and Robert Johnson knows and feels that he is staring into the eyes of a hellhound as his body shudders from head to toe. The man How does the says, devil get the soul of a dog? Uh, the dog makes a deal with the devil to be I, the best boy ever? Do you think it was uh, like, I would kill for some kibble right and the now? Like, and he was just like, <laughs> hello, hello, <laughs> hello, Fido. I am El Diablo. Um, Bark? Yeah, ah, so you do want to sign here, <laughs> and then sign here, put your paw here, initial here. Every uh, dog that learns how to shake is capable of making a deal with the devil. <laughs> As soon as they learn how to shake, the devil's like, come on, come on, baby. Yes. Uh, the they, man they have s- no idea. They have no <laughs> idea what they're signing up for. It's great. <laughs> the man says, the dog ain't for sale, Robert Johnson, but the sound can be yours. That's the sound of the Delta Blues. Well, I'll be honest with you. I, uh, I gotta have that sound, devil man. That sound is mine. Where do I sign? The man says, you ain't got a pencil, Robert Johnson. Your word is good enough. All you ah. gotta do is keep walking north. But you better be prepared. There are consequences. 
Perchance, what are they, devil man? You know where you are, Robert Johnson? You're standing in the middle of the crossroads. At midnight, that full moon is right over your head. Take one more step, you'll be in Rosedale. You take this road to the east, you'll get back over to Highway 61 in Cleveland. I like how the devil's just giving him directions. <laughs> the devil's just so aware of the area around him. He's like, Actually, if you jump on go Highway down. 65 for about 55 minutes, you're actually going to end up down in uh, Riversdale, which is, ha, it's pretty fun. But uh, if you go past Riversdale, down past uh, Eastwood, you're going to end up in a beautiful a beautiful little East Village oh. kind of thing. It's got a, it's got an amazing restaurant there. You're gonna want to eat there. It's oh. called Eggs Benedict Cumberbatch. Oh wow! Well, thank you so much. What, what, sorry, hey, what was no your problem. name again? I am Devil. I'm the Devil. Oh, devil. big fan. Thank you. Ah, yes. Thanks. Okay. Or you can turn around and go back to Beulah, or just go to the west and set up on the levee and look at the river. But if you take one more step in the direction you're headed. You're going to be in Rosedale at midnight under this full October moon. Yeah, you've already said that. Shut up. And oh. you're going to have the blues like n- never known to this world. My left hand will forever be wrapped around your soul, and your music will possess all who hear it. That's what's going to happen. That's what you better be prepared for. Your soul will belong to me. This is not just any crossroads. I put this X here for a reason, and I've been waiting on you. Um, I'm gonna be honest, that doesn't really explain what the conssequences of me making this deal are. You kinda just described where everything was. You gotta let me crash on your couch. That's it. That's the only consequence. I don't have a house. Ah, fuck, what am I doing? Why, I'm walking along the road at night. Why did you think I would have a house? I thought you were just maybe walking home, I don't know. It seems like you didn't know a lot about me. Is your name even Robert Johnson? Yeah. Okay, so I knew that. I got yeah, that no, right. you got some of the stuff right. It just seems like you didn't really plan this out very well. <sighs> Look, I'm in town. I'm visiting my sister, but I don't want to stay at her place because it's, it's you know it's been a uh, while since I'd seen her. So I thought maybe I'd find you and make a deal. I'd crash on your couch. You get to be a blues musician. I get a couch to sleep on. This is uh-huh. not going the way I thought it would be. I'm uh, sorry. I'm just a little confused still. What happens if I go east again? So basically, you want to go down I-80, and then you're going to take uh-huh. a right at, at uh, Grand yeah. Junction. Uh, uh-huh. From there, you'll be in Colorado Springs. Uh, uh-huh. You don't want to be in Colorado Springs, though. It's a shit right. town. You kind of want to uh-huh. go straight to Denver. It's kind of fun. They legalize yeah. marijuana. There's a great oh. smoke joint. It's called The Joint. Um, oh, that's so they, You smoke indoors. They also have, you know, they have beer and okay. stuff. Okay. And if I go west? Then your soul oh, you is don't, mine. You don't give... Oh, if I go west, you get my soul. What yeah. happens if I go north? Oh, you don't want to go north. You're in fucking okay. Canada. What are you going to do in Canada? You fucking and, kidding me? And get the south fuck out again? I just don't understand why you're giving me so many directions on everything. You go it south, you go left, you go right, you go up, you I, go down, I, I X, X, Y, R2, L1. It, what, are you, what are you confused why about? Is it that, why, is, why did you give me all that information if only if you get my soul if I just go that direction? It kind of seemed like you did a whole thing for no reason. You know what, never reason. mind. You don't, you know, you know, you know, you, never mind. I don't want it. I don't want it. You can have it. I don't want it. Okay. I'll just Fuck practice. you, Robert Johnson. Okay. Stupid bitch. Robert Johnson rolls his head around, his eyes upward in their sockets to stare at the blinding light of the moon. I'm blinded by the lights. You know that song? The Weeknd? Which has now completely filled the tie pitch black. And Delta Knight piercing his right eye like a bolt of lightning as the midnight hour hits. He looks the big man squarely in the eyes and says... Oh, step back, devil man. I'm going to Rosedale. I am the blues, man. (laughs) 
The man moves to one side and says, Go on, Robert Johnson. You're the king of the Delta Blues. Go on home to Rosedale, and when you get up in town, you get your you get you a plate of hot tamales, because you're going to be needing something on your stomach where you're headed. Okay, wait, hold on, because I don't understand. First <clears> off, <throat> a plate of the cinnamon candy doesn't really sound that appealing to me right now. But also, I think I he meant actual hot tamales. If I'm just the king of Delta Blues, does that mean I'm going to be like people are going to like me outside of the Mississippi Delta? Well, because cause this doesn't seem I'm like leaving. such a good... You have a good day. You made the deal. Deal, I got, you made... I got your soul. I Bye. just don't... Oh, Robert Johnson, you've done it again. It is believed that this encounter led to Johnson's short-lived success. He would go on to make 29 songs before dying at the young age of 21, or 27, under mysterious circumstances, making him a member of the 27 Club. Oh, man, I only wrote like 30 songs. <laughs> When the same soul-selling story was told of Robert Johnson, he did little to dispel the rumor. In fact, he may have cultivated the devilish connection. Of the 29 songs Johnson recorded before his untimely death at only 27 years old, there were Crossroad Blues, Hellhound on My Trail, Me and the Devil Blues, and Up Jump the Devil, which Crossroad Blues famously is the, the one that includes the line where he says, I went to the crossroads and fell up on my knee. Um, yeah. Yeah, I met the devil. He was fine. I he seemed like kind of a sore guy. I don't know. Oh man. <laughs> so what do you I've had a crazy life. What am I, twenty-six? Oh You got one more year, Robert Johnson. <laughs> oh no. So what do I you think? I didn't even get to do that many whiskey and women. <laughs> oh, he got plenty of them. Uh, he got plenty while he was alive. Okay, so I don't know if this is true, but um, there's an gr- amazing um, songwriter called Nick Cave, uh, mm-hmm. Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds. Um, he's amazing, and he's got a song called Up Jump the Devil, too. I don't know if mm-hmm. it's a cover of this one, but it's definitely well worth checking out, because yeah. Up Jump the Devil is a phenomenal I mean, Nick I Cave I love, song. I actually really do like Robert Johnson, and I liked him before mm-hmm. I heard of Legend, but the Legend does just make it better, because it's got a little bit of like spookiness to it. Uh, cross- yeah. he's, he's a great blues player. I mean, there's, there's an argument to be made that Robert Johnson is one of those um, fundamental artists where had he not come along, rock and roll would have looked different. You know, him and him and the yeah. other early blues singers who who sort of pioneered that. Yeah. Um, but I do think it's – for me, I mean, what do you think? Do you think it's uh, – Spooky. Oh, I just, or yeah, it's, I mean, I love the story. I think it's spooky, and and it's, it's one amazing. of the. It's fun because it's one of the like fucking legends that we've covered where it's actually been developed a lot. So you know yeah, what I mean? It that, could, yeah, it could be plausible. You know, it could you could see it as plausible. I think. Yes. You know, I I do believe in in crossroads deals and and the devil making deals with people. Who knows if Robert Johnson did that or if he was just trained and practiced and got better? But I yeah I like it and I like um. I like I like that while you know because it started almost immediately with his career, people were like, "You made a deal with the devil," right? But and I think that was also because a lot of a lot of uh, people that were living in this area, a lot of black folk, they were you know very religious, and the blues were seen as very. It was like the same thing with rock and roll. You know, the blues were loose, and they made women dance, and they made they made people's inhibitions come down or whatever. Which is funny because now you listen to the blues and you're like, "Oh, I'm sad." <laughs> Yeah, I do. I love me. Uh, That's one of my favorite things. I don't listen like I listen. I don't listen to a lot of blues like on like Spotify or anything. But every time I go to a record store, I'll always pick up a blues record. Yeah, I need to get me a Robert Johnson vinyl. Yeah, I think it's spooky, and I like that though. When it got around to him, he was. I like that it came around to him, and he was just like, "I'm gonna keep writing songs about the devil." I just think that's cool. Yeah, I love. Yeah, I like the devil. 
Um, yeah, I think oh, it's spooky. It's spooky, and I love it. Crept. I love it, and uh, yeah, I love the idea of crossroad uh, deals. I love crossroad demons and in, in, in media and stuff. Fun stuff. Mm. Well, with that, it's time to wrap the show up, Mason. If you like the show, make sure to leave a five-star review, which you can do in-app on Apple Podcasts, Audible, or Podchaser. We'd really appreciate it if you leave us a review. Plus, it really helps the show, and we'll read your review on the show. You can support the show by going to patreon.com slash captainslogcast and donate a dollar. Anything helps keep the lights on. Another thing you could do to help the show and yourself is go over to TeePublic and shop our merch. Yeah, we have merch. You can get anything right. from t-shirts to mugs uh, with our logo on it. I've For our video uh, audience, I've been drinking out of our uh, Captain's Log mug this entire time. Uh, and it's great. I love it. I hope you enjoy all the faces I make when I try to not make noises while Jose's talking. Yeah. I yes. always forget we have video <laughs> listeners. Um, TeePublic will be having a sale every week this month, so now is the time to buy. Remember, if you donate slash support to uh, our sponsors, it all goes toward improving the show, getting better recording equipment, and funding our tour, Spooky Tour of America, Captain's Log Terror Tour. Um, mm, a quick, I don't, I'm not sold on that. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll a out. quick shout out, uh, to a friend and devoted listener of the show, Cameron McKay, uh, just turned, uh, uh, 21 a couple days ago. Um, congrats. Thanks Happy for supporting us. birthday, Cameron. Happy birthday, Cameron. We love you. Uh, Mason, where can the find listeners find you? You can find me at your local crossroads offering deals for whatever it is you're trying to do. And Twitter. Mm. At no, Mason I don't Schrader. do the deals there, though. Um, you can also find me on Redbubble as Tiny oh, Messiah. Yes. That's capital T-I-N-Y. Messiah, capital M-E-S-S-I-A-H. Yes. I spell-checked it when I wrote it. It's got a picture of me in a little sweater in front of a spider. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, go check that I out. Have, uh, I've just got the one art piece up right now, but you can get it without a shirt or just as a print. That's what I made them for was for prints. But whatever you want, I ordered one, turned out great, pretty happy with the quality. So you can check that out find some of my artwork. It's Hell yeah. I will probably start putting, well, never mind. I'm not going to commit to that. Moving on. <laughs> Uh, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at j.vaya underscore junior and the show on Twitter and Instagram at Captain's Log Pod. We recommend various different materials on there and post show updates and tweet some occasionally funny things. So go check it out. You can also subscribe on YouTube where you can find me as Jose Valle Jr. Animal Productions and of course the show's official YouTube channel, Captain's Log, which is almost completely updated uh we're getting closer to having all the episode the video episodes up there um, if you can't get enough of me you can also listen to my other podcast with friend of the log max benyon called max and jose have something to say uh mason was on there uh for an episode good episode i Go did check an it out. episode i didn't fit in well Yes, you did. I, just, I don't know why I said that. <laughs> Make sure to tell your friends and family about the show if you enjoy it, and if you'd like to share your favorite urban legends that didn't make the cut, or perhaps if you had encounters with any of the legends we discussed, please do so by writing in to captainslogcast at gmail.com. You can also suggest episode topics, guests you'd like to have back, uh, etc. Make sure to subscribe and download on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Play and any other podcast directory. Thank you to Carlos Rivera for composing the show's theme. And with that, everybody, we have reached 
the end of our show. We will see you soon for another special episode. I've been your Captain Jose Valle Jr., joined by... First Officer Mason, the Poet Warrior Schrader. Wow. And Mm. this has been Captain's Log. End of transmission. Pew.